0: chapter twenty three of one life one love by mary elizabeth braddon this librivox recording is in the public domain twenty three where the gold came from don pedro perez more commonly spoken of in the parisian world as le vieux perez or perez peru was one of the best known men in paris and yet he but rarely appeared in those places where the world of paris most loves to congregate in the haunts of pleasure he was almost a stranger he hung about the side scenes of no boulevard theatre he frequented not the race-courses of longchamp or Auteuil. he sat late at his club playing whist but the club was quiet and altogether out of the movement and he was an unknown figure at those more fashionable clubs where fortunes are lost at baccarat but there was one place where Señor perez reigned supreme where his name was a word of fear his countenance an augury of gain or loss to thousands that place was the bourse there pedro perez was as a king among his fellow-men he was a spaniard by birth though he had lived nearly half a century in paris or rather had oscillated between paris and madrid during that period he dealt only in spanish-american securities that line was his specialty there was not the most insignificant railway between the southernmost point of patagonia and the mouth of the amazon between buenos aires and quito there was not a silver diamond or copper mine within all that vast and varied expanse of territory there was not a water company or an irrigation company or a company for making patent guano out of surplus paving-stones the history and vicissitudes the exact value or non-value of which pedro perez did not know by heart that withered old finger of his had been in almost every financial pie which had been cooked upon that southern continent he had been in at the death of more schemes than he could have counted in a business morning in the earlier stage of his career before he was rich enough to eschew barefaced fraud he had been in his own person chairman board of directors and advising engineer of more than one railway which never reached a more tangible form of existence than paper and print many a scheme had lived faded and expired within the limits of a prospectus while perez swept the money of the shareholders into his capacious pocket don pedro had been only a coulissier in those days but with the progress of time and the suppression of the privileges of those financial sharpshooters the guerrilla band of the noble army of speculators the spaniard had put on that electroplate surface of honesty which very often passes as genuine metal in the world of speculation investors followed him and confided in him because of his reputation for acumen and good luck rather than because they believed that the pedro perez of to-day was altogether a different character from that perez of thirty years ago about whom such queer stories were current he had been given the sobriquet of perez peru because he was considered as deep and as rich as the deepest mine in that vast republic and perhaps partly because his complexion had a tinge of that copper ore in which he had dealt so largely as perez peru he was talked about respectfully even by the tritons of the bourse and watched closely by the eager-eyed minnows of that great mill in which money and honor are ground into dust and ashes and dust and ashes are ground back again into gold and good name the first ten years of perez peru's financial career had been years of struggle and petty fraud petty fraud had failed to make him rich and timid speculation had only served to keep him like mahomet's coffin in a middle distance between the heaven of wealth and the hell of poverty then came his heroic period which was short and sharp bolder speculation and more uncompromising chicanery five years of this hazardous adventure in which he escaped the galleys only by the skin of his teeth made him a capitalist and fifteen years as a coudicie had educated him in the deepest secrets of finance there was not a trick of the stock exchange which Perez Peru had not at his fingers' ends. He could stand idle, with his back against a stone pillar, and with his crafty southern eyes looking farther into futurity than any other eyes in that crowded building. All that he touched after this period seemed to turn to gold. It turned to dross afterwards, perhaps, but not till Signor Perez had passed it on to somebody else. He was never known to buy too soon or to hold too long. In a word, he was financial wisdom personified in all the monotonous years in which the stock exchange was his only temple the share list his only bible pedro perez had lived with almost spartan simplicity not because he begrudged himself the cost of luxurious living for personal expenditure however profuse would have hardly made a perceptible impression upon his income he spent little because he cared for making money and did not care for spending it he had lived in the same house in the rue vivienne for the forty years of his parisian life the house was within a hundred yards of the place de la bourse and it suited him the only difference that he had made in those forty years was to descend gradually from the scanty seclusion of the single garret to the space and comfort of the entire first floor he had breakfasted at the restaurant champot during the greater part of the last thirty years in his decade of probation he had fed only in his attic or in some cheap restaurant on the rive gauche where he wandered in the cool of the evening thoughtful and solitary even before his thirtieth year the man was the financial instinct incarnate the passion for abstract mathematics which possesses some brains in his took the more vulgar form of money-getting but the mathematical genius was there to a high degree and some of his combinations were worthy of newton or laplace for five and thirty years of his parisian career pedro perez had never been found guilty of a caprice he was closely observed as the representative of great wealth always is observed in an age which has mammon for its master devil but he had never been surprised in any of those follies which sometimes diversify the lives of the wisest men he had come to be looked upon as a money-making machine inexorable as steel and adamant working always in the same grooves relentless unvarying when all at once the report was circulated that perez peru had come back from madrid with a harem and for more than nine days perez peru's harem was the standing joke in the cafes where the bourse is paramount perez peru's harem was the subject of a caricature in the most audacious of the little journals of paris perez peru's harem was the theme of a comic song almost as popular as the later gendre de m the harem upon closer inquiry was found to consist of three women whom perez had established in a second floor in the rue st guillaume a mother and daughter both handsome the daughter eminently so a cousin plain and dowdy or if not absolutely plain faded and elderly the three women were seen one night in a box at the opera the young beauty resplendent in amber satin and diamonds every lorgnette was turned to that box and for the next three days all paris talked of the dark beauty with the diamonds she was wearing the wealth of peru upon her neck and arms said the boursicotier and their following after this dolores was rarely visible to the eye of all paris if she went to a theatre or an opera and she was but seldom allowed that privilege she was made to sit deep in shadow as closely curtained from the public gaze as if she had been the pearl of Istanbul, chief light of some jealous pasha's harem her story had but few elements of mystery albeit her secluded life gave a flavor of the mysterious to her personality she had been bargained for by pedro perez as sordidly as any eastern slave that was ever sold in a public market-place the girl and her mother had been living in poverty in one of the obscurest quarters of madrid a region where the cholera fiend and the fever fiend find their choicest pasturage where the reaper death gathers his richest harvest they had arrived in madrid some years before with an appearance of ample means and for a year or two madame quijada had occupied an apartment in a fashionable quarter and had shown herself daily on the prado well dressed observed and admired she was taken to be an adventuress and a freelance, but no one troubled himself about her antecedents the police had an eye upon her for the first few months but could find nothing suspicious in her manner of life dolores was at a convent during the five or six years in which she grew from childhood to girlhood it was the best educational establishment in the neighbourhood of madrid and as the mother's funds got low she pinched herself in order to provide for her daughter's board and education with the good nuns who albeit simplicity itself had a talent for making out a bill of extra charges over and above the somewhat heavy pension madame quijada was not alone during these years of her daughter's education shortly after her arrival in the spanish capital she was joined by a niece who from that time shared her fortunes good or bad the niece was introduced to madame Quijada's acquaintances as louise and she was said to have but recently recovered from a brain fever which had seriously affected her mind and memory her aunt told her friends in confidence that this orphan niece of hers had been disappointed in love and that her illness had been the outcome of her disappointment however true this may have been it was beyond question that a more miserable-looking woman than louise mercs at this period could hardly be found on this planet where if people sometimes take their pleasures sadly they very often take their griefs gaily the time came when the widow's cruise would hold out no longer and when it became necessary to withdraw dolores from the fashionable convent the good nuns affected a holy simplicity in their accounts and they gave no credit dolores was now eighteen beautiful carefully educated fairly accomplished she went from the pure atmosphere and perfect comfort of a well-organized educational establishment to a shabby lodging in a sordid quarter she went from all the refinements of life to all that is ugliest in the domain of poverty the change was a shock which youthful selfishness felt keenly perhaps madame quijada was not sorry that her daughter suffered from the misery of her surroundings it might prepare her mind for the crisis to which her mother looked forward pedro perez was almost as well known in madrid as he was in paris and he was perhaps even more profoundly reverenced in the less wealthy capital madame quijada had contrived to force herself upon his notice but she had approached him with a modesty which flattered his self-esteem she had besought his counsel and assistance in certain little investments so small an amount that the great financier was provoked to smile he who so rarely smiled at her simplicity such small investments had been his stepping-stones to fortune such simple creatures as this shabby genteel widow had put their little savings in those rotten enterprises of which pedro perez had been both the dazzling alpha and the dark omega it was said in paris that if you could squeeze perez peru's gold hard enough blood would come out of it by a lesser miracle than the squeezing of the blood of christian martyrs out of the earth floor of nero's amphitheatre the blood of broken-hearted widows and starving orphans the blood of the swindlers dupes the widow's tongue was soft and insinuating and for almost the first time in his life perez was moved to a benevolent action he lent this simple lady fifty louis to invest in an argentine railway lent fifty louis without security and without interest but on second thoughts he insisted upon holding the scrip women are so short-sighted he said after making this condition you would be selling at the first rise these shares are worth holding madame quijada was in sore need of fifty louis but it aided a certain plan of hers that seor perez should hold the stock it gave her a right of approach to him his image had dwelt in her mind ever since she came to spain as the image of wealth incarnate she had dreamed her dream about this rich lonely old man and the hour for the realization of that dream was at hand she wrote him a piteous letter about a fortnight after dolores left the convent telling him she was too ill to leave her wretched home and she was in want of money she believed that the dividend upon her argentines was nearly due it would only amount she supposed to a couple of louis but forty francs would save her and hers from starvation she had now three mouths to fill her daughter had been withdrawn from the convent where she had grown up and was sharing the discomforts of her wretched lodging pedro perez was not given to acts of charity and was not in the habit of caring whether his fellow-creatures dined or starved but madame quijada had contrived to impress him with the idea that she was a remarkably clever woman and that the world would be the poorer for her loss she had flattered him with such subtle comprehension of his character that he who had been the mark of abject flattery for a quarter of a century found himself listening with a pleased air to this gifted woman's enthusiastic laudation of his talents as a financier and of that latent genius which would have made him greater as a politician or a diplomatist than he had ever been on the stock exchange had the flatterer been old and ugly even feminine subtlety might have failed to win his ear but madame quijada was still handsome and still young enough to seem attractive in the eyes of a man who had passed his sixtieth birthday he was not in love with her but he thought her a remarkably attractive woman and instead of sending her fifty francs by his servant he went himself to see in what kind of a den so much ability had found shelter he went saw dolores in all the splendour of her fresh young beauty and was conquered he had never known what it was to feel his heart beat quicker at the sight of a woman's face till he saw madame quijada's daughter he was subjugated at once and for ever his instinct urged him to make as hard a bargain as he could with the girl's mother but the settlement to which he finally consented was more than princely princes are seldom so generous had madame quijada insisted upon his sacrificing his last penny he would have done it sooner than lose the woman he loved had she insisted upon his marrying her daughter he would have done it indeed the chief consideration that prevented his offering to make dolores his wife was his keen dread of ridicule and the consideration that he could keep a mistress under closer surveillance than he could a wife he knew that he was ugly and elderly and that the girl he idolized could but be to him as a slave he could not hug himself with the hope that he might some day win her heart he was a cynic by long years of contempt for his fellow-men by the habit of a life unsoftened by friendship or affection by the love of kindred or compassion for the poor he tried to rest content in his cynicism now and he told himself that he was as well off as the mighty shah Jahan or any other mohammedan potentate he selected the rue st guillaume as a neighborhood remote from the gay and popular paris of the boulevards and the rue de rivoli in which the casual english or american visitor delights far also from the champs elysees and the parc monceau with their residential population of fashionable artists and bohemians of all kinds the rue st guillaume was old-fashioned sober and eminently respectable he chose a suite of apartments in a grave old house with an inner quadrangle a house so grave and silent that the stone quadrangle might have been a cloister he furnished the rooms with a sombre luxuriousness and he offered the cage to his snared bird with an air of devoted submission which might have beguiled her into forgetfulness of the bars which shut her in from all the outer world upon madame quijada he imposed the duty of keeping guard over his sultana the girl's lightest whim was to be studied and indulged so long as that whim did not lead to the gay outer world and its frivolous associations dolores was to be a queen but her kingdom was to be within stone walls she was only to take care and exercise under conditions of supreme prudence she was never to flaunt her beauty in the bois de boulogne at the fashionable hour of the day but madame quijada had a carriage at her disposal in which mother and daughter might drive in the less frequented suburbs of paris or in the bois at an hour when all paris was elsewhere these restrictions were hard upon a girl of eighteen newly emancipated from the monotonous rules and regulations of a convent school and panting for liberty el santo corazon was a prison she complained but at least i had fellow-prisoners of my own age this is solitary confinement she chafed bitterly against the dreariness of her life and she detested the man who had made himself her master but her mother's stronger character had acquired complete dominion over her and she had neither strength of will nor courage to rebel against her chains she submitted to her fate she wore the jewels which were her badge of slavery she gratified her girlish fancy in surrounding herself with the loveliest flowers that the south sent to paris and she might perhaps have grown reconciled to her position and with but the slightest persuasion might have induced pedro perez to give her the name and status of wife if she had not been so unhappy as to fall in love with her cousin leon duverdier during the first year of her residence in paris duverdier was a frequent visitor in his aunt's salon he was about forty years of age handsome audacious plausible more seductive in his riper years than a younger lover would have been because more experienced in the artifices that fascinate a romantic girl he had newly returned from spanish america where he had been living a roving and adventurous life now in one state now in another making money no one knew exactly how but a familiar figure at the gaming-tables of every city in which he had his abode he came to paris set up his laboratory and described himself as an experimentalist and inventor on the high road to great and useful discoveries perez knew of the relationship between duverdier and the quijadas and had met duverdier on the bourse but he did not know that this handsome cousin was a frequent visitor in the rue st guillaume since the younger man's visits were always so timed as to avoid the master of the prison-house had it been otherwise the old man's jealousy would have been quick to take alarm in her utter ignorance of life dolores turned to her cousin as the representative of all that is most fascinating and most interesting in the outer world his flashy and superficial cleverness passed as the versatility of a born genius she believed all that he told her of his scientific daydreams and accepted his inchoate experiments as the first stages in the career of greatness he was just young enough and just handsome enough to win the heart of a girl who had no opportunity of comparing him with more distinguished men It was the policy of his life to make love to every pretty woman who would listen to him, and he had even condescended to fascinate ugly women who were likely to be of use to him. He had gone through life from his eighteenth year upwards basking in the smiles of beauty, and relying upon the favor of the gentler sex to carry him safely over the obstacles in the adventurer's road through life was it likely then that he would neglect his opportunities with dolores a lovely and inexperienced girl who had the command of one of the deepest purses in paris he had too wholly a fear of his aunt to approach his cousin in the guise of the seducer but he contrived to win her affections as if unawares and she was perhaps all the more blindly in love with him because he had never asked her for her heart he always affected to respect her relations with perez and he told her bluntly that her mission in life was to make the financier her husband it is your own fault that the marriage has not come off ages ago he said and then when the girl answered him only with a deep sigh it was his task to console her his task to talk of the happiness which might have been had his lot in life been different i am little better than a pauper he told her and my life is full of bitter memories no woman who values her own happiness should link her lot with mine dolores pondered over that phrase bitter memories and she interpreted after her own fancy which told her that leon's youth had been plighted by some dark love story a tale of fatal passion and broken hearts such as she was reading about daily in the novels which were her chief recreation there were times when he talked in dark hints and unfinished sentences of his past experiences the women who had loved him and broken their hearts for him the one woman beautiful high-placed a star of loftiest magnitude whom he had loved and in vain the girl listened and believed weak as water loving him all the more because her love was unreturned he was full of tenderness for her by fits and starts but he gave her to understand that he could never again love as he had loved that great lady who had flung away name country home and reputation for his sake and who had died in a tragical death in the morning of their love duverdier's visits to the rue st guillaume had not been altogether disinterested he had gone there in times of financial difficulty and he had extorted more than one so-called loan from madame and had obtained several smaller sums of money freely and gladly given from dolores who had never been entrusted with a command of large means and who dared not part with a single jewel from among perez peru's splendid gifts as he had a troublesome way of passing her diamonds in review every now and then He would write to her in the course of the day to tell her that he was going to dine with her in the evening, and that he would like to see her black velvet and diamonds. And Dolores shrewdly suspected that this was only his manner of assuring himself that she had made away with none of his gifts. These magnificent gems had often passed under Duverdier's hands. He had sat in eager contemplation of their pure white brightness as they lay in their open cases on the table before him. They are worth a fortune, Dolores, he said but they are very little use to you of less use than toys to a child the child can amuse itself with the toys but you can do nothing with the diamonds it is not worth the trouble of wearing them when there is nobody to admire you oh but they are very pretty the girl answered childishly and i like to have them perez told me that there are only about half a dozen women in paris who have such diamonds and they are all great ladies perez told you a lie her cousin answered harshly what of the rich americans the men whose money has been made in pork or petroleum and who give their wives diamonds of six times the value of yours perez is an impostor he shut the case with a sharp snap those diamonds always made him angry the thought of all that money locked up in velvet and morocco or shining upon the neck and arms of a girl aggravated him to madness he was always in want of money he had had a run of luck on occasions and had rioted for a brief space in the possession of wealth but it was the wealth of to-day not of to-morrow and the next turn of luck had left him penniless he looked at those diamonds on his cousin's neck with hungering eyes and the thought of them haunted him in his dreams the image of that waxen neck haunted him too and he saw it sometimes with one cruel hand upon it holding it as in an iron vice while another hand tore off that dazzling necklace once in a distempered dream he saw the same fair neck streaming with blood he hurried to the rue saint-guillaume early next morning almost expecting to hear of a calamity but nothing evil had happened dolores met him with a smile surprised at his early visit i had a horrid dream about you he said and she saw that he was ghastly pale where do you keep your jewels he asked later when they had been talking of indifferent subjects oh that is mother's business she has all sorts of contrivances for taking care of them i'm afraid in spite of all her contrivances you'll be robbed some day leon answered moodily yes she would be robbed he told himself some vulgar thief would get to know of the wealth that was stowed away in those dull old rooms wealth in its most concentrated and portable form and he her cousin who had such a need of share in the old financier's spoil would be told that those jewels had vanished as swiftly and silently as if some wicked fairy had changed them into withered leaves madame quijada did all she could to discourage her nephew's visits but some reason known only to herself restrained her from actually shutting her door against him and dolores always welcomed him gladly appear how and when he might if he was moody she sympathized with him pitying griefs he did not take the trouble to explain if he was rude she bore with his rudeness for her he was just that one man upon earth who could do no wrong fate and fortune were to blame for using him badly it was now nearly four months since she had seen him a brief note had told her that he was leaving paris that he was likely to be a wanderer upon the earth and that it might be years before they met again she was in despair at this cruel farewell and sent her mother to his lodgings to find out what had become of him on her first visit madame quijada heard only the same statement that had been made to the officer of police but on going a month later she found the nest despoiled the law had made a clearance of all duverdier's effects at the suit of his chief creditor the apartment was to be let and nobody knew or cared what had become of its late tenant the change in dolores after her cousin's disappearance was too obvious to escape the keen eye of perez he had always known that she did not care for him that she submitted to her slavery as a fate which she was too weak to resist that she loved ease and luxury jewels and flowers too well to run away from her gilded nest into that bleak world of the hewers of wood and drawers of water that hard world which to her ignorance must have seemed as terrible as the wilderness to the dwellers in cities he knew that he held her by the most sordid of ties the love of wealth and the fear of penury he had seen her listless weary indifferent but he had never until lately seen her so absolutely unhappy and jealous doubts were soon aroused by that inexplicable change he suspected an intrigue of some kind and set a private detective to watch the house in the rue st guillaume but the man discovered nothing No suspicious person was seen to approach the house, nor did Mademoiselle Quijada ever go out alone. He questioned her closely. He told her that he was sure she had some secret grief, and he urged her to confide in him. She protested that there was nothing the matter. She was tired of Paris, that was all. Her life was monotonous enough to make anyone unhappy. He had no need to look further for the cause of her low spirits. "'I am going to Madrid next week. Will you go with me?' asked perez yes yes i shall be delighted her face lighted up with pleasure she gave her master one of those rare smiles which repaid him for the richest gift he could offer her she was thinking that leon had most likely gone to madrid and that she would find him there she thought she could not be in the same city with him and yet not contrive to bring him to her side she would make her mother hunt him out for her even if she herself were allowed only to change one prison for another her whole manner altered she became gay and talkative and discussed the journey how soon would they start she was dying to go you want to see your old schoolmates i suppose said perez to make them envious of your jewels and your beauty yes yes i want to see them all again she answered carelessly but i cannot have you gadding about madrid any more than about paris said perez the spanish capital is almost as wicked as the french mother can go and find my old companions they may come to see me i suppose surely dolores you would not receive any of your convent comrades in your position said her mother severely do you forget that to those girls honored and happy wives perhaps now you would seem an outcast they would have nothing to say to you perez looked embarrassed it was the first direct attack that madame quijada had ever made upon him in the guise of an injured parent the bargain he had made with her had been arranged upon purely commercial principles honors so much maternal affection so much beauty so much even the injured feelings of the defunct quijada who might in some distant planet be aware of what was happening here had been considered the sum total had been large and perez was therefore unprepared for an outburst of wounded humor dolores shrugged her shoulders and gave an impatient sigh she was not endowed with fine feelings and cared very little whether the link that bound her to her master she hated was or was not sanctioned by holy church the good opinion of the world would not compensate for an alliance with age and ugliness your diamonds must go to my office while we are away said perez after an embarrassed pause i have burglar proof safes there which will accommodate all your jewel cases i will take them away with me to-morrow and lock them up with my own hand and what am i to wear while i am in spain ah i forgot you want to astonish your old friends well keep the sapphires i gave you a little while ago and a few of your smaller trinkets the diamonds must be made secure before we start it would be dangerous to travel with jewels of such value duchesses carry their diamonds everywhere said dolores and duchesses are often robbed sometimes by their husbands sometimes by their servants and occasionally by professional thieves you had better take my advice in this matter dolores submitted with an air of indifference and perez departed promising to fetch the jewel cases on the following day He came and was told that Dolores was too ill to see him. She had changed her mind. She did not care about going to Madrid. The possibility of meeting people who had known her in her innocent girlhood was hateful to her. This was the gist of what Madame Quijada told him, with much circumlocution and with some tears wrung from a mother's wounded heart. Seeing that he listened to her reproaches with patience and that there was an expression of real distress in his withered old face, Madame Quijada pursued the subject still further he was breaking her daughter's heart she told him he had but to open his eyes and he would see that she was drooping and dying by inches in that dismal prison-house the sense of a false position to a girl brought up in the convent of el santo corazon was unendurable diamonds were as dross material comforts were of no account the blighted breath of dishonour had passed over the fair young life and it was now slowly withering away perez heard and pondered he idolized dolores and there was positively no obstacle to his marrying her except his keen dread of ridicule the idea of being laughed at by all paris as the wealthy dotard with a girl wife the fear that if she were once his wife she would insist upon flaunting her beauty in the full glare of the wickedest city in the world or that city which seemed so to him if i were to marry her she would lead me a wretched life he said after some meditative pacings about the spacious salon she would take advantage of her secure position she would plunge into the vortex of frivolous pleasures she would drag my name in the mud perhaps you have known her long enough to know how simple her ideas are how easily she is contented that is all very well now that she is under restraint how can i tell what she would be if she had the authority of a wife keep her as a slave then and let her fade and die do not reproach me when the end comes. There was much more to the same purpose, and the result was total surrender upon the part of Pedro Perez. He would marry Dolores at the mairie as soon as the law allowed. All he stipulated was that she should continue to lead a life remote from the crowds and amusements of fashionable Paris. End of chapter twenty three.